to another hometown daily news show today is december 9th 2022 episode 343 armored core 6 reminds me of robotech and more news let's get going hello i am merwat and that is hometown.com and i do the hometown daily news show every day at six o'clock i'm a little bit late I'm going to go through about 10 articles and we'll see how the rest of the night goes. I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to stick around and, and see who trickles in. I'm looking at different screens because, well, <laughs> I've got a bunch of them sitting here. Got to pay attention to them. Otherwise, they flash and blink and do all kinds of stuff, craving attention. They're like cats. Let's go into the first article. This one is uh, in the Warcrafters channel. All trailers and announcements from the Game Awards 2022. Did you get a chance to watch? It was yesterday. I did not get to see all of it. By the time I could get into it, it was already three hours in. Kind of just made me go, well, maybe, maybe somebody has consolidated it out there. And lo and behold, one of my favorite sites, PCGamer.com, put it all together. Lauren Morton wrote this article. It's quite long, but I won't go through it all. Um, what I got to see was the animated. I, and then I had to immediately, you know, hometown lets me do something for a minute and then pulls me away at the next. So... This one was, I got to, to see the award for uh, animated, I think it was a new, it was a, a brand new announcement, a brand new award. Um, this was pretty cool though. So um, all of this is what took place at the Game Awards 2022 announcements and the trailers are over at PC Gamer. So you can follow the link through hometown and that'll be there so there you go and um, it will take you here and then you can scroll through all of this but vampire survivors says game awards uh, 2022 announcements and trailers right so vampire survivors is on there valiant hearts uh coming home is on there returnal is on there um i never saw hellboy web of weird um, never saw Horizon Call of the Mountain. Post Trauma is on there. Viewfinder, Atomic Heart, Scars Above. Uh, Relic, Relic Hunters Legend. I, I'm going to try and see if there's some VR thing in here. Um, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't see anything at first blush. But let's scroll through here because I'm really interested in... Um, VR stuff. Hades 2. Let's see what else is in here. Bayonetta Origins. Let me close that. 
<clears throat> what else? Party Animals. Last of Us. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Dune Awakening. And there's a lot of games in here that... Death Stranding 2. Tekken 8. Nightingale, which is the one that I am really most waiting for. I want Nightingale to be such... Uh, just... <laughs> I want it so bad to be a hit and amazing. Um, I love the idea of it. Uh, it actually goes along sort of it's the realm walkers concept um i grew up a lot uh during the age of uh like D, &D getting its really first stride now it's coming back again but it's going viral because of so many live plays um and so i grew up with D, &D. i grew up with uh riffs i grew up with uh God, you know, my brain is just going blank because there's so many things in my head now, um, like GURPS. And um, I had started in, oh, and Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was my jam. I loved everything about Cyberpunk. Um, and um, what's the other one? Shadow. Oh my goodness, my brain. Well, Nightingale is kind of like uh, a role-playing game that I am romanticizing quite a bit because you can walk between realms. That's why it's called Realm Walkers. It's much like D&D. Um, in my mind, I am trying to get into um, the Nightingale beta. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to stream it, but uh, I really want to play this game, and I want it to be kind of like my forever home. But then I'm going to talk about later another game that's being released that was announced during this and we'll get to it maybe i'll even see it as we scroll through here because it says baldur's gate 3 wayfinder fire emblem um sky diablo 4 we know um horizon forbidden west these are all things that i want uh, to play out there so we'll see remnant 2 transformers reactivate that might be a whole new kickoff to a, a game but or a series, but it says, what what is it? A four-player online action game, which screams that it's going to be um, kind of a co-op. Maybe have PvP options. There's no release date, though. Uh, Behemoth. Banishers. Warhammer 40k. Another Warhammer 40k thing. Meet Your Maker is a post-apocalyptic first-person building and PvP raiding game. Uh, I will probably end up doing that because um, I'm really into base building. Uh, not really into PvP side, but I could be support. Shouldn't be a problem. Lords of the Fallen. A crime Boss uh, Rocket, I guess. Rocket City. Um, that has its video age restricted, so yeah, because I'm not logged in anywhere, it won't show it. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Um, and everywhere it always mentions Idris Elba being involved in it, so uh, that sounds good. And Armored Core 6. Oh my goodness, Armored Core 6. I can't wait for that. 
um, in Final Fantasy 16. So what's neat about this list is it has kind of a description of what, you, what each of these games are and what their release is and what's new about it. Um, so go over to PC Gamer and you can get more detail and watch each of the trailers all con uh, consolidated into one spot. So the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Amazon is introducing a new TikTok-like feature that allows users to shop as you scroll from a social feed of videos and photos. Um, this is pretty cool if you are into kind of keeping up with the Joneses. If you don't really care about that kind of stuff, then you're not going to be a consumer of this. You might sit there and consume TikTok like it is uh, described as an opium den of consumption um, where you can just lay on your side and prop your phone up and swipe and it'll keep on playing. Actually, you don't even have to touch it. It'll keep on playing. Uh, but Amazon announced a social shopping feature that will feature uh, content from influencers and brands. Users can shop from a personalized feed of photos. This is like Black Mirror stuff. Um, and uh, short videos on the Amazon shopping app. The company is the latest tech giant to implement a TikTok-like feature. Uh, we used to talk about, well, our parents used to call uh, TV the mind massage machine because it would just play and you didn't have to do anything and you could just sit there. <laughs> well, nowadays it's TikTok. But TikTok, as we know, yesterday, the day before, I think, I'm not sure which day it was, maybe it was yesterday where I talked about TikTok, um, basically being the promoter of uh, engagement. You know, if you want to know about something, then you go on TikTok and, and it's all you know, near real time stuff. It isn't really hyper produced like you might find on YouTube. This is all stuff that's on the fly, socially driven, um, kind of, you know, randomly posted, you know, it's the whole stereotypical, uh, thought it looked cute, might delete later kind of thing. So that's what Am Amazon is doing. And this is, uh, an article that's over at uh, business insider by Jordan Hart. And it says shop as you scroll has an image of what it's going to look like. And I've always thought it was really cool, but I think what is really needed is a more blanket solution where no matter where you go, you have the potential to scan the video or whatever's on the site and it cross pollinate to Amazon or some other store. Um, and it does it automatically. That way you don't have to sit there and, and populate it. Although sites could override what's there and say, Hey, go buy this because this is what really is here. Not just an analysis of the website. Um, but this is a Amazon app. So, um, maybe all of this stuff is going to be produced pretty much. Uh, the e-commerce giant announced the new feature titled inspire on Thursday. The Wall Street Journal first reported it, and so Business Insider is re-reporting it. And uh, an Amazon spokesperson told Insider the social feed is currently being rolled out to select U.S. customers and will be available to all users in the coming months. Let me pause this video about the uh, America's oldest drum factory. That's over on businessinsider.com too. But that's not what I'm talking about. Let's move on to the next article. Uh, 
The next article is Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty will feature Idris Elba. I just mentioned that. So we're almost going down kind of a recursive Gordian knot of <laughs> articles talking about each other because there is going to be another one that's about something from the announcements. Cyberpunk 2077 is getting a major expansion this year if you haven't already heard about it. Phantom Liberty, and it'll include a major addition to the cast, Idris Elba. I thought the best addition was Co-Carnage, but... <laughs> I have great affinity because I, too, talk to myself in an alleyway and uh, hope that people listen to me. His appearance was confirmed as part of the new Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty trailer. Released during the Game Awards on Thursday, Elba will play a character named Solomon Reed. Hopefully this isn't uh, spoilery because it was announced at the Game Awards. As noted in a tweet from uh, developer CD Projekt Red or CDPR. That tweet also included a few details about the new content in Fa Phantom Liberty. It'll take place in an all-new district of the game's Night City setting. Sounds good to me. This is over at The Verge. Jay Peters is the author, and it says another big-name actor is joining Cyberpunk 2077. Sounds good to me. Let's see what else is in here. It'll be a spy thriller expansion, and it. they also say, don't worry, the new trailer also features the voice of Keanu Reeves. He will be back playing Johnny Silverhand. Man, I love Cyberpunk. So I've always wanted true cybernetic limbs, you know, not really an expansion of what we are on the precipice of right now, but true, you know, as described back in 2077, or sorry, back in Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk, the, the original RPG, um, meat and machine merged together uh, in, a, in a seamless biological unit with that tech. Um, and, um, you know, I, I grew up as a kid playing this game and started doing, um, when I started focusing on my education and my career choices, what I wanted to end up doing was cy cybernetics. Um, but the, the biological technology, uh, cybernetics, cause there's an IT version of cybernetics as well. Well, anyway. Um, as years have gone on, I ended up doing martial arts and I think that's where I ended up hurting my legs. And since then I've wanted to replace my legs with cybernetic limbs. Um, and, uh, as time has gone on, it's just not going to be feasible to do, um, like, uh, voluntary replacement. The tech just isn't there. Um, and quality of life shifts, it changes. You have to adapt and, and embrace the, that change if you have to have a replacement limb. Uh, so here's to the future and all of those who are doing that fundamental research. Um, uh, in another age, in another day, I will be able to uh, do that voluntary replacement like Cyberpunk. Uh, but until then, I can say I played games that uh, made this all come true. 
cyberpunk 2077 although it's dystopian and cyberpunk is dystopian um you know there are little little things that make me go huh that would be really cool to have nowadays uh, let's go on to the next article this one is also involving the uh awards but the announcements in particular uh this one is from from software's next game which is going to be called armored core 6. Uh, only just released Elden Ring, and I hope this game isn't as um, in line with Elden Ring, just with tech. Um, in a trailer at the Game Awards, the famed developers revealed that their next big project is Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. It's set to be released in 2023, so they did not sit around <laughs> after Elden Ring. Um, this had to be parallel construction. Um, it's, uh, it says here, it's difficult to know exactly what to expect based on the armored core sixes esoteric trailer, which featured a lot of lingering shots of giant mechs, but the trailer def definitely creates an awesome mood that I hope captures, uh, what it's like to play the game itself. So let me go over to, um, the article it's over at the verge as well. And Jay Peters, once again, writes this article and. Uh, they say it's going to be everywhere ps5 4 xbox x and s and one and pc via steam um i've been actually scooping up a lot of pc vr stuff so um i i am hoping to uh, hit the ground running um playing vr stuff so if you're interested in that let me know what kind of games you would like me to play you can send it uh over to uh, showbot so if you type in exclamation point showbot it'll give you a link hometown.showbot.tv and if you hit exclamation point s and then a message you'll be able to tell me what game you would like me or what url you would like me to go and visit um, it should work for everybody exclamation point s and then whatever message you want to send me now if you don't like this the stream let me know but then you know we're here to talk about news business technology society from that perspective um you can't get away from either of them any of them so uh, good luck but if you don't want to be here don't be here uh, but happy to talk with you about all kinds of stuff because i can tie it into that triad of things that said let's get back to the news what do you think Armored Core is going to be? Because to me, it screams that uh, Robotech, uh, and I will eat that up. Um, so I loved Robotech from the beginning. I was an avid watcher of it. Um, I keep seeking, um, I guess, upscaled versions of it, higher resolution. Um, I, I, I just love the idea of Robotech and Macross stuff in general so i'm hoping that that's what it is um even if it is something along the lines of elden ring uh i don't i want base building though that's what i really want and um yeah we'll have to see i'll be watching that with uh bated breath the next article is one of uh, politics so social 
won't be long in the tooth here when I talk about this because um, the reality of this is, oh, I actually hit exclamation point. So let me just post it like that. There we go. Um, but AOC wasn't the first lawmaker to attend the Met Gala, but how she got the ticket and that dress may have made her a target for an ethics complaint. This has happened in history before. Um, an ethics complaint has um, appeared before. And in that particular instance, well, it's not exactly the same. And so context really matters. And I say that pretty much in business and life and here in hometown as well. Um, she was wearing a dress that said tax the rich. And this was for all intents, an invitation to someone who um, sparks interest. They're a firebrand for um, politics, political discourse, social discourse, social justice. And um, AOC was invited. And what's going to end up happening is people might be uh, inclined to interpret the invitation and the giving of address um, as something of an ethics violation. But then when you look around and I don't like what about isms, um, because that's just, it's wrong thinking. What about isms? You can't, you can't say to one person, um, yeah, uh, go ahead and take this. And then somebody else, no, you can't take this or here's a gift or whatever. Right. But everybody should be saying no to the gifts. And I'm about to do a whataboutism because I'm sitting there looking around going, what about all of these other politicians that are doing all kinds of stuff that there's no light shining on the activities and they're making out like gangbusters personally for their public position. And I can tell you that civil servants and, and uh, public service contractors cannot benefit from their position. That's it's built into the ethical contract, the ethics contract. You cannot benefit from your uh, position, but for some reason, some get away with it and others don't. And um, so I'm saying, yeah, go ahead and look at AOC. And uh, you'll find out that everything that was done was above board and the implication of it being an ethics violation is nothing more than trying to taint the flow of information around AOC, right? Did she keep the dress? I don't know, but I do know that they, that she was invited. They were invited by the Met Gala um, to go and I don't know about the dress and even if it was a dress that was gifted to her so that she could wear it at the Met, if she doesn't keep it or she donates it to somebody or whatever, then fine. Um, or if she pays for it, fine. But I think that this is nothing more than an attempt to poison the well of AOC. And I find it a little disturbing unless the same thing is applied to every single uh, Congress critter, public service, whatever, right? 
Uh, but I know from experience that I have flat out turned down gifts from people. And I'm not a highfalutin Congress critter. Well, Business Insider wrote an article about this. Kelsey Lamis is the author of this. And here's AOC wearing the dress that says tax the rich. Um, and yeah, I think it's time to. We need to go back and it's never been lighter. Uh, taxes on, on large businesses and the ultra rich are, have never been lighter. You and I don't have the ability to send our money over to the Bahamas to hide it so that FTX can lose it in a high risk Ponzi scheme. Maybe it's not a Ponzi scheme, but let's just say it's a scheme that promoted very high risk and ended up. Wow, my bandwidth just died again. This is something new, uh, different than I had a while back. But anyway, I'll keep on working through this um, and uh, we'll see what it shakes out like on the other side of this. Anyway, the inquiry, uh, the inquiry could be related to a complaint about AOC attending the Met Gala in 2021, one ethics expert told insider a potential ethics violation would depend on who paid for her ticket. And it's a little bit deeper than that because um, who paid for it doesn't necessarily reflect what the true patron is of AOC's attendance at the Met Gala. Um, but it's something like a $30,000 ticket um, in yeah, there it is. So uh, tickets to the, it's really interesting as I talk about these things and they're in the article. So maybe I can start writing articles. Anyway, the Met Gala is a black tie annual charity event that fundraises for the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume um, Institute. And tickets for the star-studded event can cost 35 grand while tables can go for 300,000. Last year, the gala raised more than $16.4 million. I could use eight of that right now. That would be great. House rules include detailed restrictions on gifts that can be accepted by members of Congress. Yeah, well, we know that they are the last bastion of ethics, right? Let's move on to the next article. The next article is in the word in tech and um, NASA's web reaches new milestone in quest for distant galaxies in a land far, far away. An international team of astronomers has used data from NASA's um, James Webb Space Telescope um, to report the discovery of the earliest galaxies confirmed to date. The light from these galaxies has taken more than 13.4 billion years to reach us and it really hasn't reached us it has reached our lens <laughs> um, as these galaxies date back to less than 400 million years after the big bang when the universe was only two percent of its current age this is pretty spectacular um, this next, uh, the, the article is over at fizz.org and it's written by NASA and, and published here on fizz.org Earlier data from Webb had provided candidates for such infant galaxies. Now these targets have been confirmed uh, by obtaining spectroscopic observations, revealing characteristic and distinctive patterns in the fingerprints of light coming from these incredibly faint galaxies. It was crucial, quote, 
it was crucial to prove that these galaxies do indeed inhabit the early universe. It's every or it's very possible for closer galaxies to masquerade as very distant galaxies, said astronomer and co-author Emma Curtis Lake from the University of uh, Hertfordshire in the UK. Quote, seeing the spectrum revealed as we hoped, confirming these galaxies as being the true edge of our view, some further away than Hubble could see. It is a tremendously exciting achievement for this mission or for the mission. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, there is a whole lot more over at this article, um, but they're looking at slices within slices within slices of what um, previous telescopes, even Hubble's deep space um, could have seen. And uh, it's always fascinating when you do uh, just do a search on Google for um, photographs from Hubble and you'll see that what we think is uh, the full picture of what Hubble is like this, right? Whether what Hubble actually, or I should say what NASA is actually showing you is this is the full picture of Hubble's field of view. Actually, my hands are actually straight, but you can, because of the way that optics work, you can see that it comes into a point. Well, anyway, the, what Hubble and what NASA reveals to us is just like that little spot right there, you know, that, that little spot off in the far distant, uh, realm of space, just 14 billion miles away. Just fascinating. And then it's in resolution that we can actually make out that this is this or that or whatever it might be. Here at least though, all it is is the spectra. So pretty cool. And the more that it can do, uh, the more I will appreciate it. So this is pretty cool tech. Uh, so I hope people are out there and interested in this and, and, and go and pursue this kind of research. Um, and it all starts in high school. Uh, the next article is in the Wanted channel, and this is really an unwanted, but trashed lithium ion batteries caused three garbage truck fires in California. The firm that handles returned Amazon uh, electronics has agreed to pay $25,000 fine after lithium ion batteries it threw away caused at least three different garbage truck fires. iDisc LLC, based in San Jose, California, agreed to a settlement with the DA in Santa Clara County in late November over civil charges regarding improper waste disposal, as noted by eScrap News. The company, according to the district attorney's office, dismantles, recycles, and disposes of consumer electronics that are returned through Amazon, some of which contain lithium-ion batteries. You puncture a lithium-ion battery, it interacts with oxygen, and away you go. Um, uh, one second. So you throw them into the trash, something breaks the packaging and you end up um, starting a fire. And who knows if it would have gotten out of the truck, gets punctured and starts a fire in some disposal site, who knows how long it takes. There's 
um, tire fires that are still going. Well, this article is over at uh, Ars Technica by Kevin Purdy over at ArsTechnica.com. It says, do batteries really cause garbage fires? Only three times in one month. And this is just because we know about it. Others happen in other places, and it just hasn't happened three times in rapid fire, so nobody um, has written about it. It says, although nobody was hurt in the fires, the October 13th fire, while uh, being dumped into the street to avoid a vehicle fire, caused the raised bin to catch on overhead utility lines. Wow. The attached utility pole broke and fell to the ground, and these fires are incredibly dangerous to the safety of the garbage truck drivers and first responders who must then act quickly to deal with the fire and uh, anybody else that might be around it. So there's a video here that says uh, it's over on YouTube, but they've embedded it on ArsTechnica.com, and it's titled Fire Ignites an Eco-Main Facility. Um, I won't play it. You can go over to Ars Technica. Just follow the link through hometown. And it'll take you straight to it, and you'll be able to watch that video. Of course, you can always go to Ars Technica, but, you know. A gatherer does what gatherer does. It gathers news for me so that I can consolidate it into various categories over at hometown. Go check it out. Uh, this next article um, is... Something I found really interesting as I was going through the news. Um, I pretty much work with every kind of system to some degree. Um, this one is a Linux ready launch heavy. And uh, it's a $300 mechanical keyboard for number crunchers. So it says here pre-built mechanical keyboards often neglect Linux support. Users frequently report success in getting a mechanical keyboard's basic functions to work, but many of the peripherals don't accommodate software for controlling advanced features like macros with Linux. Last year, System76's launch keyboard um, has been trying to uh, address that problem, but number crunchers will be more interested in the new Launch Heavy. Released this week, the Launch Heavy is a numpad-equipped version of the 84-key launch. As detailed in our uh, System76 launch review, the keyboard is one of the most uh, customizable Linux-focused mechanical keyboards one can find. And this Wii that I dropped there um, is actually Ars Technica. So let's go over to their site, and I'll show you a picture of it, and you can go over to Ars Technica and read more about it. Um, me, I am... Oh, this is an article again over at Ars Technica by Sharon Harding. And, um, and uh, it's spelled S-C-H-A-R-O-N. At any rate, um, I do not like straight keyboards anymore. I, I really want everybody to adopt uh, mechanical keyboards that are split. Um, obviously, any split keyboard, but fully split. Not the ergonomic keyboards that are big, bulky masses that are curved, it needs to be completely split so that you can tent it the right way, you can angle it the right way, and it's more in line with the human condition, uh, which is not breaking your wrist 90 degrees so that you can have a straight line at a, as a home row. This is convenient, um, but not, and it's form over function. The, the, the 
the form of this is convenient for manufacturing, but if everybody were to adopt split keyboards, the manufacturers would go, oh, holy hell, let's just make sure that we split it in half, manufacture the two boards, which is the same consumption, ah, give or take maybe 10% of one board, it, because it's the same number of keys, it's just split differently. Um, and I can buy these, I can buy these boards. These breadboards are somewhat inexpensive um, and you can solder your own keyboard together. And, and a lot of us have done that kind of stuff because we're into mechanical keyboards and we've done countless hours of soldering. Well, split keyboards are so expensive. $300 is nothing for a truly high quality split keyboard. The least expensive that I can find that is of any quality is the Mistel um, split keyboards. And sometimes you can get one that's silenced and doesn't have LEDs. That's the one that's on my keyboard or on my desk right now, but I've got a, a LED backlit one that's mechanical and loud versus the silenced mechanical. Um, and you know, I'd be curious if it is uh, truly compatible with the um, Linux system easily. I can tell you though that it doesn't have a number pad. So you literally have to buy a separate number pad uh, for many split keyboards. Anyway, it looks pretty. The launch heavy looks pretty, but um, I still think that uh, we need to split these keyboards. Um, to save everybody's wrists, to save the world's wrists, we need to split the keyboard so that it doesn't do that break constantly if you're spending eight hours. And believe me, I've been there. I, I spend uh, <laughs> 12 to 20 hours in front of a keyboard. Okay, so let's, let, let's move on to the next um, article. This here, um, <laughs> I was going to go down the... the uh, rabbit hole of <laughs> dummy thick, but let this exercise, this AI exercise bike make your cheeks dummy thick for $250 off. This is an article um, by vice.com. And I was going to go down the rabbit hole of explaining what dummy thick is, but basically um, I'll let you do that risky Google search. Some of you may already know what dummy thick means, but it says here, we may not be uh, Cody Rigsby, uh, but we still appreciate a good cycling workout to cancel out our excessive consumption of hibachi and Negronis. Yep. Uh, pretty much spot on, but uh, for me, it's sushi. Not, not necessarily hibachi, but sushi and barbecue. Um, not at the same time. Um, that said, the ever popular Peloton is a whole other level of intensity and we're not quite sure we meet their book of standards. This again is the author speaking from vice.com. Uh, we're trying to break uh, a sweat and burn some calories, not get in touch with our feelings and listen to our tattooed instructor cry and spew motivational quotes. Yikes. Uh, come on. Let's go look at the author here and say, who hurt you, Nicoletta Cardi? Anyway, uh, Peloton, they kind of screamo at you 
every time I've seen something, it's like, go, go, go. Uh, like I have a drill sergeant on a bicycle. Just back off. I want to ride my bike and get aerobic. Not be driven up that hill and take that hill, soldier. Anyway, this new bike, Carol uh, is a AI feature that keeps your workout rides short and powerful for buns of sweaty steel, according to Nicolette. And um, Peloton, though, is kind of, I don't know, all over the place now. They got a rowing machine that I think is big and bulky and ugly and kind of doofy. I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, I would rather have what I'm doing, which is I've got a rowing machine that I have removed all of the parts. I mean, I could make this as a product if somebody is interested. Um, and really what I'm doing is I'm... Uh, shaving it all down so all I have is the the uh, sled and um, pressing that up against the wall like it would normally do if you wanted to I mean it's basically like the peloton except that I also have a tonal and so I'm using the tonal as the resistance for my rowing because you can put the arms wherever you want and just basically do a horizontal um, pull. So yeah, I'm in the process of doing that. Well, this is a $2,500 bike still, right? But it's $250 off. But this bike is supposed to use artificial intelligence to optimize your ride. Thought it was really interesting. It says that said the bike's big robot brain makes the cost justifiable given that you can personalize your bike to your exact specs for optimal resistance training. As the saying goes, you've got to work smarter, not harder. It only makes sense that would apply to, well, workout equipment, right? Well, it says here, your fitness starved brain is probably thinking, what the hell does that mean? Effectively, the Carol bike includes an auto adjusting feature to keep your ride tough for a, a range of short workouts. Using AI, the Carol bike is uh, able to actively personalize the right resistance and instantly alter it on the fly resulting in prime sweat sesh this is what tonal does uh, active resistance so if i uh, pull too hard on the weight it can actually activate in real time to increase uh, tension so that i fall within a zone because if i'm just doing this move really fast whatever it might be i'm not actually uh, stressing my muscles um, to either do uh, tone or mass it's just a hot mess so you tell it what you're trying to do and it will increase the resistance a certain amount um, how much it does it I think it does it by five pound increments um, but maybe that fidelity is just a software update away Carol apparently does the same thing um, but yeah, so it's really interesting. Reduced exertion, hit, and re-hit. So um, that's what they call it, re-hit. And um, that high-intensity workout is really one of the things that um, gets your heart just pounding. Um, I'm getting up there in age, so high-intensity workouts for me basically mean getting out of bed fast. 
So users have given the bike a 4.7 out of 5 star rating for having their glutes reach dump truck status after continued rides. Come on now. Anyway, besides outshining your run of the mill uh, or run of the treadmill soul cycle spin bike, other key Carol bike features include handlebars with five grip positions and 11 inch touchscreen, Bluetooth connectivity, including the ability to pair with your Apple Watch. And if you're committed to keeping an eye on your heart rate to optimize that re hit workout, a wearable heart rate monitor to track performance sold separately is the perfect accent to your new Carol bike, but still has a $15 membership and 2600 bucks but you can take 250 bucks off apparently i'm not an ad for that i'm just telling you about it so the thing that started off today's news was something that i uh, was sent and i wanted to say florida beach or florida ship or whatever kind of like the florida man or florida person or whatever that is typical but I just couldn't make it happen. The joke just wouldn't land, kind of like what I'm saying right now. Well, that mysterious object on a Florida beach, it's not a person, it's a shipwreck. Last month, people noticed wood jutting from the sand in Daytona Beach shores. Speculation ran wild, but archaeologists now say that it was a ship, most likely a 19th century merchant vessel. Um, it's over at the New York Times. You can follow that link that I just threw in there. And um, last month, people noticed wood jutting from the sand at Daytona Beach Shores. And that's what it looks like. Archaeologists studying a wooden structure in the sand in Daytona Beach Shores. Uh, Florida on Tuesday, a maritime archaeologist said that it was most likely a wreck of a merchant ship from the 1800s. I bet you some research, maybe the, oh, by the way, this article is by Christine Hauser and Jesus Jimenez. Uh, some thought it would be part of a shipwreck. There was a suggestion that it could be bleachers set up decades ago when NASCAR races were on the beach. Others wondered if it could be remnants of a bygone pier. Well, this week the mystery was solved, although I still think that maybe, maybe it's a little bit more educated guess than absolutely proven. But it says here, this week the mystery was solved. A team of archaeologists excavated a 60-foot trench along the row of timbers on Monday and Tuesday. And from its burial ground, the object revealed itself as a seafaring vessel with curved wood, ribs, and sand-logged joints. It's definitely a ship. There's no way it's not a ship. What if it isn't a ship? I don't know. Anyway. The buried secrets of Florida's maritime past are regularly revealed by shifting sands, ebbing and flowing tides, and violent disruptions from storms. In an interview, Chuck Mead, I think, a maritime archaeologist, as he was preparing for um, another examination of a wreck that was previously discovered on Little Talbot Island, Mr. Mead said that the latest find was most likely a privately owned merchant ship from the 1800s. Dun, dun, dun. I love discoveries like this. There's supposed to be a bunch of them off the coast, all up and down the East Coast. Not so much over on the West Coast. Um, not so much in the Gulf. Um, but ships abound on the East Coast because that's where we all landed. You know, all us humans landed from far-flung places onto the East Coast and then 
migrated across. Even though there were people here already. But I'll leave that alone. At least for now. And that's it for today. Ta-da! That is the Hometown Daily News for December 9th, 2022. Again, I am Marawat, and that is hometown.com. Go over there, over there, actually. Go over there and sign up. Become a citizen of Hometown. From there, make comments. Come and hang out with me here on Twitch. Go over to YouTube and watch other longer-term storage of the VODs. And there's the podcast. Just do a search for Hometown. And that's it. Ta-da. Thank you very much for coming. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.